Welcome to the Equine Connection Podcast, where health, nutrition, and love for the horse come together. This podcast is brought to you by Tribute Superior Equine Nutrition. I'm Dr. Chris Mortensen. And I am Dr. Nicole Rambo. Hey, Nicole, how you doing? I'm doing well. We've had our first bit of really chilly weather, so I've had spicy horses, but otherwise doing good. It's that time of year, isn't it? It's just it is. you know, it's cooling yep. off. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. A lot of things change in the fall with uh, you know, pastures and feed requirements. And today we're gonna talk about why it's so important to feed by weight and not volume, right? This is something I learned so long ago, you know, as as a young horseman that, you know, that coffee can, and nobody even knows what a coffee can is anymore, right? Yeah. <laughs> but our teachers, right, you know, back in FFA days or 4-H days, you don't just feed with a coffee can. And, and I guess kids today wouldn't really get that reference, but, you know, scoop, just scoop them out some or something like that. And it's, it's still commonly seen in horse barns, right? Like, do you still see that? Oh, absolutely. There are all sorts of different containers that people use. A lot of times now it is the two or three quart scoop. I do see the occasional hoarded coffee can that's probably older than I am. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Still kicking around a barn. Uh, but a lot of people, when I, you know, what are you feeding, blah, 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 I ask, can you please describe your scoop? And I've got some really interesting answers. One of my favorite was a large Wendy's cup. So okay, okay. that's what they yeah. fed with. Anything yeah. can be a scoop. So it's not only weight or volume, it's kind of expanding our concept of what is a scoop? How do I know how much I'm feeding? Because you and I could both be saying, I'm feeding a scoop. And if I'm mm-hmm. using a three-quart scoop and you're using a large Wendy's cup, we're feeding our horses entirely different amounts yes. of feed and yeah, so not I've, on the same page. Right. So like the, 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 the first question I had, you know, if... When we talk to horse owners out there that, that haven't been doing this long and they go, well, why? Why Why can't I just feed them a scoop? They're fine. That's plenty of feed. I do it to my dog. I do it to my cat, right? So why? Why is that important? Yeah. Well, you know, you can just use your scoop, right? But it's important to understand the density of the product you are using. And that's something we can actually help with. Um, I have a nice little chart in the front of our product manual that goes through every product and tells you the weight by scoop. And a really great example, you know, we have a couple versions of seniority. It's our true senior feed. It's lower calorie meant to be fed in large volumes. The pellet weighs 1.83 pounds per quart, whereas the textured version weighs only 1.13 pounds per quart. So I think a lot of times there's an assumption that in no matter what you're feeding, one quart equals one pound, and that's very rarely true. So just, you might be able to feed a scoop, maybe not, but it's having an idea of what does your container actually hold. So we, yeah, because you say that, it's it's that is a huge difference, right? I mean, not only, you know, it's almost a pound difference in the quart. So how would that translate into nutrition? What nutrients how would that affect that? You know, I would think that that's such a massive difference. Yeah, it is. You know, the biggest one that's going to impact is calories, especially when you're moving from product A to product B. Well, I fed product A and my horse wasn't gaining weight. So I moved to a product that's maybe a higher percentage fat, but if it's less dense, you may not have actually increased the calories that they're consuming. So that's a big one. Uh, But then even our micro minerals, so our vitamins, our trace minerals, our amino acids, All of our feeds are designed to be fed at some minimum recommended level. And if you're not meeting that minimum recommendation, you're shortchanging 
those essential micronutrients. So maybe the amount of feed that you're giving is a lot less than what you think you are, and you might not be feeding enough of the product to meet all the horse's needs. They're getting enough calories if they're maintaining their weight, but we'd be shortchanging them on actual nutrition. Right, right. And, you know, so those uh, micronutrients, right, or, and, and the macro, you know, those, those mm-hmm. things are, are so carefully weighed out. That's a good point. So when we're looking at all the different products, not only within Tribute, you know, other feed companies, but when we look at, it, say, a pellet versus a textured feed, would you say one quart of pellets is pretty comparable across different types of feed? Or, you know, what I'm trying to get at is, or is it just pellets and textured is a massive difference? Yeah, good question. Pellets versus texture tends to be a pretty big difference. Your textures tend to be less dense. Think about they don't fill up a space. They don't pack as tightly because you have all those different sizes of ingredients in them. But even within our pelleted products, there's quite a bit of difference in density. So I gave you that example that seniority pellet was 1.38 pounds per quart. Well, Calm and Easy is 1.51 pounds per quart. And then you think about expanding that across multiple quarts, you end up with a pretty big difference in total amount of feed that you're feeding really quickly when you have those different densities. So yeah, unfortunately, there's no good way to just say, oh, yep, here's your standard rule of thumb because the way a product's manufactured and the ingredients that are used, even within your different pellets, changes their density quite a bit. That's a good answer. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. You know, it's 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 what's manufactured, what's in it. You know, what's formulated for that specific class of horse. So, yeah, okay, that made sense. That totally made sense. So, uh, the the next question I always had, and, and I loved when I used to teach my students and ask them, and we would talk about you know different types of hay and things like that. But would you apply this to hay too, to an extent? I mean, I know. We like to maybe overfeed hay somewhat. People tend to do that. But would you still say weighing out your hay is important? So I'm actually going to disagree with you because of some things I've done with people hands-on. I think people tend to underfeed hay. Underfeed hay? Okay. Yes. So when I work, especially with students, like I'll do these different educational events. And one of the things I love to do is put out a bale of hay and ask them to get into groups and to go grab 10 pounds of hay. And most of them overestimate how much they're feeding and we're coming in way below those 10 pounds. But to the big picture question, yes, ideally we would weigh our hay every single time we feed so we could hit that target. Now I'm not going to lie. I am a nutritionist and I do not weigh my hay (laughs) every single time. Come on. You don't do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. And dear God, I would never make my poor husband do that when I'm traveling. (laughs) But what I do is when I get a new lot of hay, a new cutting from a new person, whatever. I weigh the flakes in a couple different bales to get an average weight on those flakes. And they can be all over the place depending on how that hay producer put the settings on his baler. So a flake of hay is not a flake of hay, even if you're talking orchard grass to orchard grass. And alfalfa tends to be more dense than our grass hays. So that's what I like to do. Let's get a general idea of what a flake weighs and then work out my horse roughly needs three flakes per feeding or five flakes per feeding if it's not as densely packed of a bale. So putting you on the spot, Dr. Rambo. (laughs) So would you say overfeeding hay is generally okay? Like, you know, offer more hay than, yeah, yeah, I'm not saying throw out a whole bale because I I just always, you know, I, I guess 
you're right. Just seeing round bales out in the pasture and half the hay is just ruined because the horses are laying in it. They defecate in it, whatever. So I just see a lot of wastage. Could an owner feel like feeding a few more pounds of hay per day? Would that be okay? Or would you say to just try to stick to, you know, your 30 pounds per day or 25 pounds or whatever you're feeding? Yep. I understand where you're going with that. So rarely will I recommend someone feed less hay. The horse was designed to digest hay. It's great for supporting stomach function, keeping their digestive tract really healthy. So from that perspective, obviously we hate to waste hay if we don't want to. And there's a certain level where the horses just won't eat it anymore. But rarely do I recommend let's feed less hay unless we have a very obese horse and we're really trying to cut calories. We've already put them on a ration balancer. We've increased their exercise. In those cases, we would restrict hay. But otherwise, I'm definitely a more is better in the hay camp, um, particularly when you're feeding low quality hay. If you have lower quality hay, it's not as calorie dense, and they're going to pick out the better stuff in there. So what you're sometimes seeing as waste is actually stemmy stuff that's not very digestible. If we feed more, the horses can kind of sort through and eat the better stuff and that way get their calories, maintain digestive function, and overall just be a happier horse because they're spending more time simulating that natural grazing type behavior. That's a good answer. Yeah. Because that's always, you know, I I would always teach and, and tell people that, you know, that's the one type of feed that, you know, you can overfeed it and feel okay doing it, say, versus we don't want to overfeed concentrate, right? I mean, this is a, another podcast for another day that we can talk more about that. Why not? But, you know, you don't want to overfeed with grain or concentrate. Sure. There are some big negative impacts on the digestive system if we push that concentrate too high per meal. Um, but overall, my hay bill would definitely support that my bias yes. is more hay is better. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. All right. So, you know, one of the couple of things I want to go through is just talk about, you know, really quickly how much to feed a horse or, or when we look at the feed tag, we're looking at, at pounds. But I guess the first thing we should always talk about is where do we start determining how much to feed a horse? And I guess always is, you know, we're, we're basing it on weight, you know, up to 3% of body weight per day, right? So, How do I determine if I don't have a livestock scale, what's the best way to determine how much my horse weighs? Yep. So livestock scale would be perfect. Um, Realistically, most of us don't have access to that. So a couple different ways we can estimate. There's the good old weigh tape, right? It, you know, you can get them for free a lot of places and you put them around the horse's barrel and it gives an estimate of weight. Those are good to use directionally, but You'll find if you weigh tape horses that look very different, you're like, wow, how can all of them be 1,200 pounds? And that's because a single (laughs) measurement just can't be that accurate. Um, So, you know, what I tend to look at if I don't have access to a scale is maybe using one of the equations that takes into consideration the weigh tapes of the measure around their barrel, their length. There's even some newer equations. The University of Minnesota put some out that include neck circumference. So that allows you to get a little bit closer on that estimate. And then you can use something like your weight tape more regularly to determine are they gaining or are they losing? Mm -hmm. But that sort of thing will help you get in the ballpark. And then you can determine what is the minimum recommended feeding rate for the product I'm using based on their weight. Uh, Another creative one you could do if you really want to know what your horse weighs, A, you could probably go to your vet clinic. Most of them do have scales. 
But if there was a livestock scale, like a truck scale available to you, you could drive your trailer over empty and then you could drive it over with a horse on it. Subtract the difference. There are creative ways to find out exactly what they do weigh. No, yeah, it's a good, and it, it, it's good to know, you know, especially when you're calculating a diet and, and especially determining hay and, and different things like that. One of the things I wanted to ask you, because I know, you know, you, you have been very involved in formulating feeds and I was always curious, how do you determine how many pounds of feed to give each day? So when I look at a tribute product and then I download the specs, look at the feeding directions and, you know, we're going to talk about like the different training here in a second, but you know, the recommendation of feeding three to six pounds, a, how'd you determine that? And then, then I want to talk about where do you fall in that three to six pounds? Cause that's a big difference too. Right. So. Sure. So part of the reason that there's a range is there are so many factors that go into how much do you need to feed a horse? So there's going to be things like body condition. Are we trying to gain or lose weight? The level of work they're doing, we can talk about how those are defined. The amount and type of forage that they have access to, all of those things are these outside variables that I can't just say. It's not like your dog who all he eats is the kibbles and you could say, yep, one cup. The reason you can do that is because that's all he eats every day. The horse has all these outside factors. So part of what I'm thinking about when I formulate is what is an average amount of forage? What is an average quality? And then that's how I kind of come up with the bottom end of the range. How many nutrients do I need to put in this feed to meet or oftentimes exceed the NRC minimum recommendation for a specific nutrient? Okay, that's the bottom. I'm never targeting the bottom. But I look at that first and then we kind of put that range in place to account for the fact that there's no such thing as average when we're talking about horses. There's a wide Mm -hmm, variety mm -hmm, in mm -hmm. all of those things. Mm -hmm. So usually what I tell people is if we have a horse who's in light to idle work, if you can't feed at least four pounds per day, assuming he's 900 to 1200 pounds of a particular product, it's not the right product for you. So we're kind of looking at that bottom of that. If your horse is in that lower level work is the minimum we have to feed. Now, What if your horse has specific issues that he needs a little bit more nutrient supply? He's under a lot of stress because he's traveling. He needs more calories because he's working harder. That's where we start seeing those increases in the range and you're in the more upper end. But beyond that, I mean, it's not just within a particular feed. You could be feeding a product and have to move to one that's more calorie dense because the meal size is too big if we were to feed more and more of it to meet the horse's energy demands. So it's both product specific and then just looking at your big picture. Am I even using the right product? And it actually sounds like that would be a fascinating podcast. We'll have to write that one down because I just, you know, I think people would be fascinated to, to see how, you know, like with Wholesome Blends, just launched that product line how you came up with the ideas and where did you start in formulating? So, you know, if any of our listeners want to let us know, I think I would be fascinated just the whole process. (laughs) Sure. But I can't give away all my trade secrets. No, no, you can't. You can just (laughs) give us a little bit, especially for the listeners. I I, I guess the, the final thing, you know, because looking at the, the, the feeding directions, pounds, and then how much the horse weighs, the next thing is just the amount of work or exercise. So, you know, in your mind, you know, what's light, moderate, and heavy ac- exercise? What are some of the, the types of activities horses would be doing? 
Yep. So when you look at those, it always breaks it out by weight and level of activity. And that level of activity is actually based on the NRC definition. So the nutrient requirements of horses, it's basically our nutrition Bible. It does have some guidance on what light, moderate, heavy, very intense is because it allows us from a research standpoint to standardize things to a certain extent. Um, so, you know, light would only be one to three hours per week, mostly at the walk, a little bit of trot, some canter. So think about your pleasure riding, maybe lesson horses who are doing up-down lessons, things like that. It's not till you move into moderate, you're looking at three to five hours per week. So about half of that at the trot, a little bit of canter, a little bit of skill work. Um, and then when you get more intense, those are horses that are doing harder jobs. Um, start thinking about eventing, show jumping at higher levels, things like that. So as your work level increases, the biggest change is calories, but some of those micronutrients change as well. And then, you know, what's not captured in all of this is recognizing that the individual horse's metabolisms vary quite a bit. And I have a good example of this at home. So I have two geldings, they're eight and nine. Well, I have an old guy too, but I'll talk about the yeah. two of them in my comparison. I have an eight-year-old thoroughbred. He's not in any work, but he's a busybody. So out in the pasture, he's bebopping here, there, checking everything out. If I put a pedometer on him, I guarantee he'd walk three times as many miles per day as the other two. The other two are very determined about eating. So the eight-year-old thoroughbred's on senior sport and some essential K. He needs additional calories, even though he's not doing any work. I have a nine-year-old warm blood. He's a big dude. He just gets essential K. Even though he's doing low-level eventing, I'm out there doing conditioning work. He only needs essential K because his metabolism is so much slower. He is very determined when he's out on pasture, so he's going to consume more forage that way. And he simply has a different metabolism. So even though their work levels, the horse who's working harder is eating less calories, we yeah, look at yeah. different concentrations of nutrients. So the ration balancer versus the full intake feed to meet those other nutrients. So, you know, just to make life a little bit more complicated, it's not so easy as my horse events. I pick this category. And I feed right, this right, 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 right. But that's part of what we're here to help with. You know, so we have equine specialists. All they do is dietary recommendations and they go through all of that stuff. What's your horse's lifestyle? How much are they eating of hay? All of those things to make a recommendation because it is complicated. And just looking at a feed tag, if you don't have enough outside knowledge of all the different products, you may not choose the right one. And that's the worst thing that can happen is you end up having a bad taste in your mouth about, you know, a product line because you just didn't end up with the one that was right for your horse's needs. No, oh, yes, yeah, that's fascinating. Yeah. I just, um, whenever I think of heavy activity, I always go back to my days when I worked at the racetrack in, in San Diego and I, I didn't think we could put enough feet in those horses to put weight on them. They're just, you know, two, three, four-year-olds running around uh, the racetrack. But it's fascinating when you look at the different activities and then you're right, how the horse's metabolism and and uh, how it, it changes from horse to horse to horse. So again, another podcast idea for the future to kind of talk about how metabolism works and, and how do you determine what your horse's metabolism is. Yep. But I think the big picture takeaway from all of this is if your horse isn't being fed the minimum recommended rate on the feed tag of a product, reach out to us and we'll help you find the one that does meet its needs. Because at the end of the day, you could be providing enough calories without providing all of those essential non-energy nutrients, your amino acids, your trace minerals, your vitamins. And those have tremendous jobs in the body of the horse to support their overall well-being and performance. 
I, I think that's a great way to end this podcast. So that, that's awesome. It was, you know, I, I hope you, you got a lot out of this, you know, why the, the, the reason why you always hear that and then just some more explanation on it. But yeah, no, that was great, Nicole. Awesome. All right. Awesome. Happy to chat about it anytime. And I think we have lots of ideas for future podcasts. We will yeah, be plenty busy. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. For sure. All right. Take care. All right. Thanks. Thanks.